Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission is to serve and empower you to make better decisions in your life. Uh, spam texts, they're out of control. I'll tell you the top scams hitting our phones and how you can protect your wallet. And later, you feeling burned out at your job? Companies may try to throw things like extra vacation days in there, but there are better solutions you need to know. So first, the good news. Do you know robocalls have actually declined slightly lately? Yeah. I mean, I talked about a few months ago, I guess it was, how many robocalls were going on each month. And it's absolutely mind-blowing, but the number of robocalls down roughly 11%. Now, how many does that mean we're getting? According to the feds, somewhere about one and a half billion a month robocalls. Um, And the reason that they may have started declining, we'll see, I'm only going to say may, is because of new rules that have been years in the making requiring verification of a call coming in before you receive it, you may notice now, sometimes on your cell phone, it will say number verified. And that means that as best they can, the cell phone carrier has verified that that call is coming from the actual number stated and not being spoofed. It's something called uh, shaken and stirred or stirred and shaken, whatever. And so it it has helped at the margins. So the crooks are moving on to a strategy that first started appearing, and I did my first TV story on it two years ago, and that is people getting scammed by text. And that has gone from being something that was a smaller activity to now being a really, really big thing. And it's because, think about how we live around our cell phone. So we'll be in the car when we're not supposed to be looking at it, or we'll be talking to somebody else, or we'll be walking, we'll be doing whatever, and we'll get a text notification, and we'll quickly pop our phone open, and we'll look at it, and 
it'll say something like it could say our bank name or whatever, and it's saying, oh, blah, 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 verify this charge or something like that. And without thinking about it, we click right on that link. And remember, we're doing 12,000 other things. And before we know it, oh, my goodness, we have gotten ourselves in a heap of trouble. Now, do you know that these type of bank verification scams are expected before this year's out to have jumped 50% because they're working so well. It's also expected we're going to see a lot of texts from retailers questioning was a charge valid or purchase valid or something like that all through the Christmas shopping season. You know, the criminals just morph to wherever they think our greatest weakness is. And they go after us. Our phone's always with us, in attention when we're using our phone, a natural tendency to say, oh, let me just deal with that. And we click on it, and all kinds of bad things happen from clicking on a link where you think it's coming from a legitimate source, but you don't know it's a legitimate source. And you go to verify a charge, and instead what may be happening is you clicked on something that's going to download a virus onto your phone. It's going to monitor everything you're doing. Or, more common, it will then have you put in some information about your account to then go through the process of verifying a charge. But there was no charge. They're actually trying to steal your account information to then steal money from you or using your payment methods to steal money. I need for you to be really, really, really careful. Because I'm going to hit you with a list that we recently had on Clark.com of the top spam texts. Where are the scammers really coming after you with texts? Number one, delivery scams. Verifying uh, that you received a package or whatever. Number two, and this will be very temporary and will fade off and to oblivion, hopefully, really, really soon. COVID scams, texts that are scams. Um, the bank scams in third place. And this one is one that is moving from the phone call to our phone. Your vehicle warranty is uh. expired. Oh, man. And then perhaps the fastest growing overall, but not the biggest, is where people try to get your login information with a false text saying that there's been a breach of your account. We need you to verify your account information, whatever. Before you know it, you've clicked on it. You've given them account information. They take over your account. And they run off to the races with whatever it is they were trying to get, whatever account they were trying to breach. Here's what's important. Do not click on the link in a text you receive, even if it is from a known organization that you do business with. Your cell phone carrier, your bank, your credit card company, whatever. If they are alerting you that there's a problem with your account, then when you have time on a laptop 
or go to the web browser of your phone and sign into your account. You could even go to the app if you have the app for that organization on your phone. Sign into your account on your phone and see if there is actually something going on. Most of the time, it's not going to be a legitimate communication from that financial institution, cell phone carrier, whoever, and you will have dodged a bullet by not clicking on that link. Thomas has a question. I closed an online bank account 10 days ago. The bank says they'll keep my money for up to 30 days. 30 days? They say they'll wait until everything clears. The trouble is I didn't use the card for seven days before I canceled it. Thomas, Thomas, Thomas. Uh, That's pretty low class saying that they are going to hold your account for 30 days. I have not heard this from anyone before, and that means the money is not available to you in your account till they send you money electronically or a check or whatever they're going to do. And if this is money that you need to live on, you are giving a warning to other people that you should reduce the balance in an account before you notify an institution that you are going to close that account. And that way you will have all but a token amount of money removed from your account. In your circumstance, I don't know if you were allowed to remove a portion of the money that you have in there and leave a small balance behind, and then you'll receive that at the time they've decided 30 days later that you don't owe them any money. This was signed, OMG, my money, in Illinois. I'm currently a single filer in the middle of the 24% tax bracket. I recently accepted a job offer, and starting in a couple of weeks, that will skip me past the 32% bracket and take me to the 35% tax bracket. All right! (laughs) It's a 75% base salary increase, not including the other comp benefits such as equity and bonus. How I did it is a different story because I received two offers with similar offers, but let's just say I realized I was underpaid and underappreciated at the company I worked for for a decade. All right, so wait, wait, wait. This is is really great because we talked on a recent podcast, again, about the quit rate Mm -hmm. being the highest it's been since those records were kept. And uh, uh, OMG here, this is is great. Stuff for you. I know that what you see is your tax rates going from 24% to 35%. But as you also acknowledge, this is because you're going to be making a ton more money. And a lot of people are being undercompensated where they work. This is a time better than any I can recall in my lifetime to go see your market worth out there. And I'm sorry, Krista, I interrupted you. No, that's fine. So the question is, I max out the standard retirement vehicles and the Roth IRA and the 401k. What suggestions do you have to continue saving for my future and to effectively plan taxes? So number one, you may be making enough money that you won't even qualify to continue contributing to a Roth IRA. So in your case, the next best thing would be if at the new employer you have access to an HSA-eligible health plan. If they do offer an HSA option and you have no chronic illness, although recently we had somebody say I was wrong about that, that 
particularly in a chronic illness, an HSA-eligible plan really works out for you. The point is, HSAs are even better than a Roth IRA or a 401k. So that will take just a small amount of the money off the table each year, but you get an upfront deduction and you get tax-free growth and tax-free spending of the HSA money that you can invest and leave alone through the decades. What I would do after that, if you are eligible for HSA, or if you're not, this would be next instead, is I want you to open a regular investment account and put money in either um, ultra-low-cost index funds, widely uh, diversified index funds, or in the equivalent exchange-traded funds in a regular old investment account. The tax system is extremely favorable to money invested in index funds or the ETF equivalent of index funds. And if you go with one of the low-cost companies, the cost of those index funds or ETFs is so close to zero, it basically is zero. Each year you'll have a small tax bill due, but over time you'll accumulate um, an embedded tax bill in what's known as long-term capital gains tax rates, which even at your much higher ordinary income tax rate, the capital gains tax rate is still very favorable. The added advantage is you're not restricted at leaving that money alone till after you're either 55 or 59 and a half. That money is available to you as needed down the road in your future. And this is from Tim in Ohio. I understand the lack of protection when using Venmo and Cash App to transfer money. My son and I use GPay to transfer money he owes me for his share of the car insurance. Does the GPay money transfer offer more protection than other options? This is a great question. Okay, so if you use Apple Pay or GPay, are you in a safer environment than you are with Venmo, Cash App, or Zelle? And I can only go by this. I have never had a problem that's been reported to us with moving money with GPay or Apple Pay. That's very valuable and important. Um, also, I've never seen any news stories about problems with money being stolen through GPay money transfer or the Apple equivalent. Never. And there are stories every single week, if not every single day, about people who have problems with Zelle, Cash App, and Venmo. So I would say that that that's fairly unscientific what I said, but I think you're doing a much safer environment for money transfer, keeping it within the GPay app and to others using Apple Pay. And coming up, there's something you got to know about me. I am always ready for a vacation. And I'm not somebody who loafs. I work hard. But I love my vacation. And there's something you need to do and companies need to do to reduce employee burnout and increase employee retention. And that's coming up. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, 
as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. I realized recently that I had not taken a reasonable amount of time off this year, that I had been working too much. And that's why there was not a podcast last week, was I needed to have that break. I needed that emotional fire break, if you will. And so I deprived you, whatever the value is, of a week's worth of podcasts. And for that, if I annoyed you, I apologize. But I had to have that time for myself. And it's always the time of year I start haranguing you about vacation because typical person doesn't use their vacation. In fact, less than half of people use all the vacation that they are supposed to have. And much earlier this year, I told you about there was a consulting company that was paying people to take their vacation. Not only did you get the time off, but they were paying you It was like a couple hundred dollars a week to take the vacation because they were finding that people's happiness at work, their productivity was going in the toilet if they didn't take time off. So here we are in November, and every November, tradition going back as far as I can imagine, um, it's a much better tradition for me than the food served on Thanksgiving because I'm really not into Thanksgiving food. Hope you enjoy that Thanksgiving turkey. Not my thing. But it is a tradition, a Clark tradition every November to say, hey, if you haven't taken vacation you're supposed to take this year, take it. Now, there are some employers who you may have a manager or supervisor or whatever who resents you taking time off. And that is not okay. That time is time off you earned working in that job And you need to take that time off. And I hate it that people end up, because they didn't take it earlier in the year, they're uh, backloading it at the end of the year. Take some through the year. Think now about next year when you can take time off. And if you're somebody who thinks the only way to advance where you work is to work till you're exhausted, I hate that. I mean, I I used to make so much fun of the French for having those work hour police. Do you know about this? It's crazy. Okay, so the French government, it's infinite wisdom to see if the French economy can continue to be non-competitive in the world, interferes in the free market so much, it's just nuts. So they have these overtime police that stay outside of businesses, and they check as people leave to see if people have their laptop with them. And that's a fine to the company. The laptop has to go back in. They're not allowed to work once they've left work, blah, 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 which is just insane. And it sends the wrong message. But at the same time, get the government out of it. Businesses that truly respect and care about their employees and make sure that they are living a good, complete life, want to see you enjoy that time off because you come back refreshed. 
And they don't want you to work yourself into stress and exhaustion and mess up your relationships or your marriage. Well, some employers don't care. But anyway, if they want you really to thrive as an employee, they're not going to do that stuff. But let's start with the basics. An employer that grants you X number of days vacation a year, or if they do it in hours, what do they call that? Companies that combine all that stuff. It's leave hours. I forget what they call it. Just that. PTO. Right? PTO. Paid time Paid off. time off. What a bureaucratic expression. We, anyway. we call it that at, at your company, too. <laughs> we really call it PTO? <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Sorry. We're a tiny... So what should we call it? What should we call it? I don't know. Okay. Time off? I don't know. PTO. Sounds like we're you know, a 60,000-person company instead of a few dozen people. But anyway... Um, <laughs> we'll start calling it fun time. Fun time well, off. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, but they have more fun when they're with us, right? Not true, really. True. Anyway, so this is my call to you for action in your own life. Make sure you're t- being respectful of yourself and taking time for yourself and being good to yourself and being there for other people by being able to mentally check out of work when you've done enough work that week. When it's time for vacation, take that vacation. And that's the end of my annual November lecture. (laughs) All right, uh, let's get to some questions. This is from Jason in Idaho. Thanks for everything you and your team do. I have a few weeks off work in December and would like to travel to Costa Rica for 10 days. Oh, I love that country. I am looking into the guided package tours that are offered by multiple companies, and I was wondering if you have any advice or suggestions on the matter. So, number one, Jason, if you're doing a trip like this and you want a guided package tour, you want to make sure you've got uh, good people on the ground in Costa Rica, and I want you to go to a certified travel consultant to plan this trip, a CTC. These are people with credentials in the travel agency business, who, if they are well-experienced, you want to know how much experience someone has at a travel agency booking people's trips to Costa Rica, you are going to be able to find someone who knows the ground operators, knows who's best, uh, knows who's been most reliable. They'll also ask you questions about the level of accommodations you want, how fancy you want it to be, not fancy, which affects also who they might recommend to you that you use for a trip. But having people on the ground who are locals working for whoever the tour operator is, I find is really important when you're trying to get uh, the right tour and the right help is inevitably there will be hiccups during the course of a trip. This is from Veronica in Florida. There is a pet food shortage in certain brands right now due to the supply chain issue. I tried several of my favorite online pet food stores with no luck finding the brand's availability. As a last resort, I tried Amazon and was shocked that the price of a case of 24 cans was over $97 with individual sellers when this pet food is priced at $46 everywhere else including Amazon during normal times. Is this price gouging or the free market? Could you please explain to us the difference between gouging and free market pricing? Uh, Veronica, uh, this is one that's in the eye of the beholder, but 
you bring up something very important about Amazon. Most things on Amazon are being sold in what's known as their marketplace. They are just providing a storefront that makes it appear that whoever you're buying from is Amazon, but they're not. Amazon has had a sordid history. Yes, I will call it sordid. With looking the other way, it's sellers that sell goods that could be um, stale, out of date, whatever, that they're buying and then they're hoarding and then they're diverting to sell at Amazon. It markups many times what something would cost from a normal seller of those goods, and they take advantage of the shortages. A lot of times people don't notice when they're buying on Amazon that they are buying at a greatly inflated price on an item above retail. This will happen with many consumer goods, even those not in shortage, like the pet food you're looking for. It's just because people click to purchase. If it says uh, ship with Prime or something like that, people don't even realize they're not buying from Amazon or from a mainstream seller. So you could buy, let's say you buy uh, some kind of herbal remedy or something. You could see that if you look through Amazon and other sellers, you could see that item sold at many, many different prices with the most expensive price being 10 times or more what the cheapest price may be. So is, is that gouging? Um, well, I would say that in a crisis, when people run up a price because of shortage and take advantage of people's desperation, if they're hungry or they're without shelter following a natural disaster, I would say that's gouging. Otherwise, I'd say that's market pricing at work, and it's up to you and everyone else to know that all items being sold on Amazon and all sellers are not created equal. This is from Justin in Illinois. I'm looking for ways to save on my food bill, pet food that is. What do you feed your dog? Do you trust Kirkland Signature brand dog food? How could you feed Kirkland Signature anything but his namesake food? So I have no vote. I live in what used to be referred to as a third world democracy, although somebody pointed out to me recently we're not supposed to use the term third world anymore. Anyway, in my household, there's only one vote, and I don't have it. <laughs> my wife has it. And she does feed Kirkland Signature, our puppy, Kirkland Signature dog food. Now, our other dog, Winston Churchill, has health problems, and Winston is on some kind of prescription kind of pet food that just like we heard from Veronica earlier, the prescription dog food that Winston takes has been in short supply. It's uh, Winston nearly died of pancreatitis earlier this year and is, uh, is on this special uh, prescription dog food that I'm not allowed to know what it costs, but also it has been hard to find. So we have both going on in the house, and I have no say-so about either. 
I'll just say I feed my dogs Kirkland Signature, and I was told by an expert that it's called it's supposedly a five-star dog food. They have different flavors, but we feed the lamb one to our dogs, and they seem to do really well on it. For what it's worth, it's grain-free, too, for people looking for that. So what does that mean when it's grain-free? I guess grains can bother some dog stomachs, and there's also been um, some, I don't know if it's official or whatever, but I my old dog who had cancer, the oncologist told me that feeding them a grain-free diet is often associated with a better outcome, and so I like to feed them grain-free just because sounds good to me and not have to go through all of that again. One thing you should know if you've never clued into this, I know nothing about nutrition, whether it's for an animal or a human. But I can't thank you enough for being a part of Team Clark. I hope you'll share this episode with a friend. And please rate us wherever you listen. It truly helps us.